to the PCAST, presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin Peay, the Athletics Department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thank you thank you to you, the listeners. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin Peay podcast. According to various extended family members around the holidays, Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. First, I guess we'll talk about the holidays. Did you do anything fun? You didn't. All right. Second, we'll move the right along. <laughs> Yeah. D- did you actually? You no. Did, you no, went I home went home and, then, and did nothing. And then you came back yeah, here. Yeah, that's, that's that pretty it. much. That's that's the glamour of college athletics, especially when you're with basketball. You get like two days for holidays, and then it's back to the grind. Um, You want to talk about the college football playoff or Star Wars first? Whatever you want, buddy. Okay, buddy. Uh, let's talk college football playoff uh, as it rapidly approaches. The uh, Joe Burrow show rolls on to, to face the – the Clemson Tigers. The Joe Burrow seven touchdowns in the first half might have been more than Austin Peay scored in various seasons of its football history. Well, certainly passing because it's really yeah, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really only been here in the last five years or so that we've truly embraced the, the modernity of the forward pass. It just made its way to Clarksville. It really did. 2015. But I mean, he was he he completely pantsed Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, it looked like Joe Burrow was out there throwing against the JV scout team. A high school JV scout team. A high school JV scout team. And then Trevor Lawrence woke up in the second game. I thought it was fun how they deployed him and kind of turned him loose and let him run because he's all, like, arms and knees, and it's like a newborn giraffe just sort of, like, started running the read option really, really well. Yeah, he's – I know everybody can talk about Clemson hasn't had the season they wanted to. but Clemson ain't played nobody, Paul. Listen – how if Trevor Lawrence wakes up, that's not a beast you want to run into in any game. And I think this national championship's close. I think it's going to be a good game. Hey, is Bama's dynasty over? Oh, Bama's dynasty is over, Paul. Paul. They uh, ain't played nobody, Paul. Well, it turns out they didn't beat anybody or well, didn't beat enough of anybody. Not enough of anybody worth beating. Still think it probably would have been a better I, – I still think Clemson – or not Clemson, but LSU wins by like three touchdowns. But I still think it might have been better to have the LSU-Bama rematch than LSU-Oklahoma. Uh, yes. Yes, I agree. That S- Oklahoma team just could not hang. Yeah. SEC speed is a real that, thing. That Big 12, one and five and bowl record. I mean – well, Yikes. Matt Rule said, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's headed to Carolina, which it's, – It's not the worst NFL hire of the day. What was? The Giants hired the Patriots wide receiver coach, Joe Judge. Going to keep – Because Joe Judge coached all of those elite wide receivers the Patriots have. Just going to keep right on hiring Patriots coaches until one of them's Belichick. But it never will be, unless they get a son. They, they get Steve. No. Star Wars and The Mandalorian took over our uh, holiday break. Uh, finished The Mandalorian. Uh, Baby Yoda for life, obviously. I think that's that's everyone's feeling. Um, give the latest, our latest venture through the Star Wars cinematic universe with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Well, Palpatine, obviously. He's 
back in a big <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, I thought we were talking about the movie. I just want to. I just want to know your assessment of it as a Star Wars fan. And I enjoyed it. You did. I enjoyed it. I did. You have any problems with continuity or uh, how basically they punted on the entirety of the last movie? No, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. So you just suspended belief and they're like, "All right, we're gonna go visit the Star Wars and do that Star Wars, and that's fine." I, I really don't remember what happened at the end of the last movie that they didn't hash out, but. I probably should have watched the last one before I went and saw the new one. Yeah, probably. I've seen, I've seen it. I just hadn't watched it, like, recently. <sighs> Never mind. I'll talk to somebody smarter than you one day, and we can air our grievances with it. Did you not like it? C+. Plus. <laughs> it, it was a good movie. It was uh, the same. Any, I don't want to give too much away. Go go watch the new Star Wars if you haven't formed your own opinion, or uh, tweet at us later and tell us that we're uh, terrible dorks for uh, wasting your time with this Austin B podcast, uh, ailing over petty slights about Star Wars. Either Mandalorian's way. good, though. Mandalorian's bomb, yeah. Can't wait for they season two. They brought in Gus the Chicken Man, though, and that's kind of... You can only see him as a meth dealer in Arizona and not a it's bad Mex- guy in Star Wars. New, New, New Mexico, Mexico, not Arizona. New Mexico. Mexico. He's only a New Mexico meth dealer to me and not a Star Wars character. He's talking about Gus Fring from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. I didn't want anybody to run away with, like... Why Star Wars hire a real life man? Yeah, I, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there watching. That's the Man- weird. I'm sitting there watching the Mandalorian. And all of a sudden, Gus Fring's threatening Mando, and I'm like, "What? Well, what is this? Albuquerque and Walter White's on the inside with a couple bags of meth? No, it's the Mandalorian." Cool, awesome. <laughs> Glad we're the uh, athletics podcast who can, continues to mention meth. <laughs> the only one in the country, <laughs> almost assuredly. <laughs> Let's recap the last month or so before the FCC comes flying in on us. Um, when last we spoke, Austin P. Football was alive and well in the FCS playoffs. Uh, that we haven't talked to you since then is probably an indication as to how that wound up. But, Casey, you've, since you were on the ground, you take it from there. Um, we were at Montana State. Uh, it was, I'll be honest, Montana State had one of the best home field advantages I've ever seen in the FCS. That place was cool. Those fans were, they were loud. They were right on top of you. I mean, they stood up and were just into that game for 60 minutes. So, um, obviously the game didn't go how the Govs wanted it to. You can chalk it up to the altitude, the second cross-country flight in less than two weeks, whatever you want. But pretty plain and simple, Montana State just came out and beat the Govs. And I think that's just – I mean, there's not, not no other way around it. Um, the first half is one of the worst halves of the season for Austin P. Montana State got, what was it, a 70-yard run? Yeah, on like that, fourth down on their first drive. Yeah, I knew we were in real trouble when that guy broke through and just saw nothing but daylight. But even after that, they got up ten to nothing, and the Govs never let the game get away. A Birchfield field goal before the half to ten to three going into the halftime. After that half, take that every day of the week. And then even in the third quarter, um, when the Govs were down twenty-four to three, it really didn't feel out of it because you know this offense can just go hang up a twenty-one spot like it's nobody's business. And then. You know, Javon Craig found D'Lo for 76 yards to score a touchdown. It's like, okay, we're back in at 13 minutes. Let's go get two more. And just never could. I think they just kind of tired out. Uh, I mean, the altitude was – me and Eric walked up the stairs in our hotel room carrying our bags because the elevators were, like, lined up out the door. And we got up to the third floor, and we were just like, oh, my God, no, we cannot breathe. (laughs) We were at 6,000 feet at the hotel, and you carried bags up three flights of stairs. and It was tough. Now, there's – the altitude portion, which I will grant you. There's also that you two are, uh, you're, 
you're not in shape, and if you were in, if your shape was to be described, it would be round. Yeah, that's fair. Egg. So, you know. Yeah, but we, we can usually walk up some stairs and, you know, not be just like, there's out of breath, and then there's the out of breath that we were, where it's like, I had to stop and just like suck wind for a minute. It was 6,500 feet. It'll get you. When watching that game, when Craig hit D'Angelo for that bomb in the third quarter, I was like, all right, we're plugged in. Let's no, I was. he hit that, and I was like, all right. And the Stewart fake – we had the Stewart fake punt, which was our biggest play of the day at that point. Devin Stewart was 30-yard fake punt pass. Mm-hmm. And then Craig hit D'Angelo. I was like, all right, here we go. We're about to haul off 23 in a, or 24 points here and win this game in the fourth quarter because we, we, sco- we just score in bunches this year. And that was it. Couldn't do it. Montana State's a good team. Yeah. North Dakota State proved it. They're just really good the next week. When yeah. That's yeah. a uh, that's juggernaut there. That team is – they're pretty good at this whole football thing. Had a lot of All-American accolades roll in over the last few weeks. Cordell Jackson is a uh, consensus All-American. And yet people will probably keep throwing at him. Uh, they they should not do that. That would be, that would be a, a large mistake on their part. Uh, head coach Mark Hudspeth has earned – Accolade on top of accolade on top of accolade on top all, of contract on top of contract all well deserved all continuing the momentum of what has been the greatest fall of Austin football ever and anybody who is wanting to debate me bring it on over that they can my uh, two twenty four in the Dunn Center my name is Casey Krieger and you can catch these hands you can catch them real quick. Men's basketball is 4-2 since we last spoke. Wins against McKendree, Alabama State, Southeast Missouri, and UT Martin. Losses to Duquesne and Georgia. Terry Taylor during this stretch, uh, 25.8 points, 9.8 rebounds, 1.2 steals, almost a block, 66.3% from the floor, 38.5% from three, three 30-point games, three double-doubles, Countless highlights and opponents left in this week. Terry Taylor's the best player in the Ohio Valley Conference. See previous comment regarding catching hands if you disagree. Has he won Player of the Week every week since we haven't done this podcast? Uh, no, because there was that one week after uh, St. Pete, before Georgia, where yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. play, and so somebody else had to get it. I still think I'd have thrown him a down-ballot vote anyway, <laughs> but they didn't ask about we that. Have re- we have officially renamed the award, too. Yeah, it's the Terry Taylor Memorial Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Week award. He has five. We're one week in the conference season. The record is eight, held by Kenneth Reed and John Morant. Those guys um, were first round NBA draft picks. Hey, one of those guys though, he didn't win Freshman of the Year over Terry Taylor, did he? He sure did not. Injuries sapped the governors at the St. Pete shootout. And throughout the month of December, Eli Abayo, Antoine Butler, Pavle Jurisic, and Mateus Silvera all missed multiple games. But Carlos Paez, Alec Woodard, and others stepped up in their stead. Paez has remained a starter and is posting a robust 4.81 assist-to-turnover ratio over the last four games since he joined the starting lineup. Despite the injuries, Austin is managing a plus 3.8 rebounding margin since last we spoke. And after dispatching McKendry, Simo, and Martin, the guys won 10 straight at home for the first time since 07-08. 2-0 to start the OVC schedule. Um, I know the, the non-conference was a little up and down. Uh, it would have been lovely to get one of those big skins on the wall when we were playing the SEC and the the Power Five and the G5 and everything else, but uh, it's going to be a really, really good basketball team. The women went, also went 4-2 and two since the last time we did this podcast thing. Uh, 
while the football team was in Montana, the guys went on the road and beat Alabama A&M, and then we went on down to Miami for the FIU Holiday Hoops Showdown. Uh, down there, we beat Binghamton and Florida International to claim our first in-season title since the Govs won the 2002 Unilever Lady Tiger Classic by beating the Missouri Tigers in Columbia, Missouri. Would you please say that again? Unilever? 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 I don't there know. There we go. Unilever. The you, Unilever Lady Tiger Classic. Unilever, I'm pretty sure. Unilever Lady Tiger Classic. First in-season tournament Unilever. win since 2002, and we beat Missouri to win the one way back then. Uh, the Govs came home after the trip to Miami and played one of the best games of the season, trailing by 10 with two minutes left on the clock. The Govs went on a 10-0 run to tie the game against Illinois State and send it to OT, where they beat a very good team, 77-72. to uh, It was a four-game winning streak to end the non-conference schedule, but the Govs struggled the first week of OVC play, dropping games to Southeast Missouri and UT Martin, who are two of the better teams in the conference. Yeah, I think – this is still one of the more talented teams that Coach David Midlick's ever had, and they're going to be pretty good and pretty all right. They, they ran into a buzzsaw against the UT Martin. Mar- Martin is eventually just incredibly good. They've got another outstanding player in whatever the heck her name is. She's good. Um, track and field most recently returned from Christmas break with a visit to the Ed Temple Invitational in Nashville. My Perry Grimes won the triple and was second in the long jump. Both marks representing career best during indoor for her and indicative of the work she put in during the break. She wasn't the only one to top the proverbial podium. Lennox Walker won the 55-meter hurdles. Denia Hill-Tate was the top finisher in the high jump with a personal best 1.67-meter leap. Freshman Kanisha Phillips won the 200-meter in her first collegiate attempt. And both Michaela Smith and Sarah Martin were victors in the 800- and 3,000-meter runs, respectively. The Govs capped the day with a win by more than 10 seconds in the 4x400-meter relay. All in all, successful weekend for Valerie Brown's program down in Nashville, which is the absolute darkest facility I have a feeling we ever run in. Trying to take photos in that place is nigh on impossible. A 10-second win in a 4x4 is dominant. Yeah, no, they smoked the competition. That's that's a 50-point blowout. Well, not just that. uh, The the second uh, B group, the... Not the dominant group. The but Austin we, P beat. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah. group we put forth finished fourth. That's, so that's so we're that's okay. Very impressive. We're okay in that in that particular. Yeah, we might event. be good at this whole track and field thing this year, guys. We Watch out. We have been under since since Valerie Brown showed up versus assistant now as head coach. We've been decent, pretty watch, decent. Watch out, everybody. Yeah. We will take a break, come back, and give you the full scoop on what's going on around here in the next couple of weeks right after this. And we're back. Please consider this some programming. Uh, We will actually probably do this again next week. Uh, Pretty sure that our next guest is already back on campus, so we'll just go ahead and get the ball rolling and uh, get everyone prepared to hear more of us than they ever want to hear as soon as students are back on campus. Men's basketball, up next, Tech and Jacksonville State for our intrepid heroes. Tennessee Tech has been dreck at times this season, absolute dreck. The Golden Eagles have one win against a Division One opponent at Winthrop back on November 21st and lost their last six by an average of nearly 17 points. But the Govs still don't have a road win in 2019-20 and have only won once at the Evelyn Center since 2010. So, Something's got to give here. My money's on that uh, picking up that second one at the Evelyn Center, personally. But, yeah, can't overlook it. It's OVC Road Game. 
JSU scuffled a bit against a challenging non-league slate, getting off to a 2-7 and seven start before riding the ship to win five of its last six, including wins at Moorhead State and Eastern Kentucky to kick off the OVC schedule. Last year, the Govs won a wild win in Jacksonville to take the league lead and could do so again this time around. The women go on that same OVC road trip this week in Tennessee Tech and Jacksonville State. Uh, the Golden Eagles were dominant, to say the least, in their first week of OV- OVC play, beating EKU 60-42 to and Moorhead State 75-55. to That rounds things out to Tennessee Tech allowing 48.5 points per game in the OVC and a plus-19 scoring margin. Uh, the Govs are going to have the work cut out for them on Thursday if they want to pick up that first OVC win in a nationally televised game on ESPNU. Jacksonville State, on the other hand, got off to a 1-1 one one start in the league, losing to Moorhead and then bouncing back to beat Eastern Kentucky. The Gamecocks really don't score a lot. They average 45.5 points in the first week of OVC play and only 61.1 for the entire season. So, like you said, tough, tough trips in the OVC. Got to go down and take care of business. They averaged 45 and a half points for the week, and they got a win. They, they averaged 45 and a half and won a game. They won the game where they scored less. They won like 43 to 33 against EKU. I believe was the final. Oh man, that's it's not good. That is ugly. an offensive expo- exposition. I mean, just track and field, no breaks now. The guys are back on the road for the Gene Edmonds Classic, hosted by Purdue in West Lafayette, Indiana, this weekend. Second year in a row, the guys will be headed up to Big Ten country as they continue to make preparations for a challenging season on the track and in the field. For community service stuff, you guys can all go see Haley Jacoby. She has all your opportunities for that right when you get back on campus. Get in touch, stay in touch with us via the web and social media. Casey, do the thing where you tell them how to do that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on the official Facebook account of Austin P at Austin P Governors. Shout out to Eric and the rest of the gang in digital media, especially Robin White, our new video person. If you're in town or if you're in town soon, stop by and meet her. Say hi. Get to know her. Let's Go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself. Always plenty of things to see, read, hear, and do over at Let's Go P.com. The Govs aren't at home for the next two weeks, but when they get back in town, you're going to want to come see them play basketball. And how do you do that? You need a ticket. So get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke, and her assistant, Johnny Unitas. They've got all the information you can use to get in the game. League play is here, and with it, your opportunity to join the Monocle Society and hit up the VIP hoops area in the Dunn Center. Now is the time. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars really helps. And if you would like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Watch adorable videos of my son chasing a dog on a tricycle. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Don't know why he's got pictures or photo videos of my son. Uh, I boy, don't, that, but okay. That was easy for me to say. Love yourself, love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.